Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Welcome, welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday, where we tell all your odd but true stories. I have our story sommelier, Christy, here, who has quite a lineup. You said we had a, a, an influx of submissions, right? We have some really good ones. We've gotten a lot of uh, emails that have accompanying videos and pictures and stuff or, or article links. So that's been very helpful. So thank you to everybody that's been sending them in. Thank you. And we got a new form system, and I think it's even more uh, organized. And can't you upload now when you submit it? So bring those, send those pictures in. Most are still emailing them, but you can upload them. So if you can upload them, upload them. Trying to stay on the cutting edge of technology, and it keeps moving. <laughs> keeps moving. Yep. Well, Gmail is a tried and true way of communicating. So sometimes you just fall back on that. You know, right. We can always email ourselves and each other. Um, also, before, I mean, I would be remiss if I did not let everyone know that you only have three more days to catch our live from the Texas Theater show on Moment. Mm-hmm. It's up on November 6th, which is Sunday. So if you did not catch it live, I saw a couple of people go, oh, man, I really wish I would have seen it. Well, you don't have to wish. It, can it was come so true. much fun. We covered all sorts of things, true crime, paranormal, cryptids. Had a lot of great grievances, so if you were there and you want to rewatch it, totally get it. If you weren't there and you want to see it for the first time, definitely get it. Check it out, moment.co slash sinisterhood, and you can watch us on your phone or your TV. Anything you want. We can be right in bed with you. That's how I watch TV late at night, my phone in my bed. Oh, there you go. Yes. Well, Love to be in bed uh, with all of you. I do it to keep the hat man away, and that's much like many of our creepy stories today. Uh, this is These will stick with me, mm-hmm. just like the hat man has. Well, we've got quite a lineup, so I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Sienna, and this is called Creepy Auditor Man. Hi, Christy and Heather. I'm a huge fan of the show, and I particularly enjoy your Freaky Friday segments. I never really thought of myself as having a story to tell, But something triggered a memory in me this morning, and I had to share. I want to tell you about this murderer I once worked with. To give some background info, I'm a woman and I live in the UK. At the time this story takes place, I was working for a renowned manufacturing company as a quality management systems assistant. For those who don't know, having a quality management system is the easiest way for a manufacturer to guarantee to their customers that they can produce quality manufactured goods. It's a certification, so once a year, the certification body will send someone out to audit the company. 
to make sure they're still following rules. If they're not, they risk having their certification taken off them. Still awake? Good. I promise this story gets more interesting. Our company had a few different auditors that used to come out to visit the site, but there was one man that used to make me very uncomfortable. As auditors goes, he was meticulous, which I guess is what you want if you're running a successful business. But to be honest with you, he never smelled that great, and he had a habit of making comments used to make me feel icky. Nothing sexual, thank God. He was an intelligent man and perfectly capable of sustaining a normal conversation with the men in our department. But when it came to the women, he would always sneak in snide remarks about women making sandwiches and women being overly emotional. As the second-in-command, I had to bear the brunt of his sexism, and at the time, I felt obligated to grit my teeth because this man was in charge of whether or not we got to keep our certification. Stupid, right? Looking back, I can't believe I let it go on for so long. After one particularly grueling audit, I had finally had enough. I can't quite remember what had sent me over the edge. From what I do remember, the audit had gone quite well, and my boss had been praising me for my hard work. I remember being quite proud of myself. I was still young, and I was eager to move up in the business. But just as he was leaving, the auditor had made some comment about how I couldn't possibly have done any of this work I was being praised for because it was far too technical, and I was, well, a woman. Have you ever been so angry that you transcended rage? I was so calm as I walked him to his car, but as soon as he had driven away, I supernovaed. I have missing time. That's how angry I was. I told my boss that I was going to make a complaint to the auditing company, with or without his support. I didn't care if it jeopardized our certification or my future career prospects. I never wanted to see his fat, jowly face again. To my boss's credit, he backed me the whole way. Because I had been the one who was the first point of contact during these audits, I don't think he realized the full extent of the auditor's asshattedness. To cut a long story short, we submitted the complaint to the auditing company, and they apologized and promised to send somebody else next time. Problem solved, right? Cut to a few years later, and my boss asked me if I had seen the news. I said I hadn't, and he told me he was going to send me a link to an article, and that he wanted me to tell him what I thought. The article was about him, the auditor. Turns out, creepy auditor man was a gun fanatic, something that is not that common here in the UK. As intelligent and as meticulous as he was, he started to become obsessed with the idea of, quote, the perfect murder. It would seem he retired not long after my boss and I had put in that complaint about him and decided that now was as good a time as any to test out his theoretical perfect plan. And so he traveled to a secluded train station and used a burner phone to call for a taxi. When the taxi driver arrived, a beloved father of three. He was shot in the head and instantly killed, for no reason other than idle curiosity. He was only caught because Mr. Meticulous Murder Planner topped up his burner phone with his credit card. But I suppose we all drop the ball at some point, don't we? When officers later searched his place, they found photographs of various train stations and timetables, as apparently he had been researching which would be the best and most secluded location. I've included some articles below for your perusal. In one, you can see pictures inside his house. He was a literal hoarder. The part of the house that really weirds me out is this one room that is piled high with empty cider bottles, 
wallpaper peeling off the walls, and a solitary poster of 80s boy band sensation Wet 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 that had been ripped out of a teen magazine. Like, what the fuck? Creepy Auditor Man was given a maximum sentence, which was a moot point because he died in 2020 behind bars. Anyway, thank you for reading this, and I hope you're all keeping it creepy over there in Dallas. Good luck with your live shows. Break a leg, but not literally. This is a really, really sad story. The links that were included. I mean, we talk about people just going about their days doing absolutely nothing wrong. This taxi driver couldn't have possibly known. He was just doing his job. He showed up for a call and that was the last call he made. And All because this monster admitted he just wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. He wanted to know the thrill of the kill. And it's ego driven because he thought he could get away with it. It was not just I want to kill someone. It was and I'll never get caught. And I'll create the perfect murder. Yeah. No. Yeah. The article that she sent along was it's very sad because, like you said, the the prosecutor basically said he had no knowledge of the victim, just a fascination with guns. And Mr. Ludlam, who was the victim, was the unlucky man with whom this fascination ended. And the photographs of him like kissing his guns and yes, Bottles and newspapers piled up in the upstairs bedroom. It is a weird, just stuff peeling off the ceiling. It just looks like a gross, disgusting place. I was disturbed, however, at the the line that said he was described as a loner and his wife, mm-hmm. Jennifer, had not been seen in 20 years. I hope that is because Jennifer is okay and has found mm-hmm. someplace else to be. Uh, but That line <laughs> stuck out to me, too. I also mm-hmm. read in that article that their house was filled with so much trash that they had to sleep in separate rooms like downstairs. So perhaps she also struggled with mental illness and just hadn't left the house in a long time and seen by neighbors. I hope that, like you said, she's accounted for and safe. Yeah, that's horrifying. But it's you get that feeling about a person of like, I just they have that um i get ego whatever of like you could never have done this on your own because you're just a woman mm-hmm. and then you find out the ego is even more horrible and toxic than you could ever have imagined mm-hmm. yeah he is trash good riddance lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, this next one is from Jess. And this is called Questionable Taste in People Runs in My Family, Apparently. Hello again, ladies. It's me, the one who wrote to you about Drew Peterson being my cousin's wedding photographer. I'm still looking for that picture, by the way. I've got another tale for you about how bad taste in people is apparently a family trait. I was talking to my dad about your podcast and how y'all take listener stories and that I had sent in the one about Drew. 
It was then that my dad dropped this bomb on me. You should write into them and tell them about how your old man knew a lifer at Statesville. For context, Statesville is the maximum security prison in Illinois that's housed the likes of John Wayne Gacy and Richard Speck. I immediately stopped what I was doing and looked at him with eyes and mouth agape. What? I half shrieked. He casually says, what? I never told you this story? Well, he's dead now, so I guess it's fine to tell you. Growing up in Joliet in the late 50s, early 70s, my dad was friends with a man named Russell Smirker. According to dad's accounts, Russell was the only one in their friend group that was always up to shady shit. Allegedly, there were some home break-ins and petty thefts in the area that everyone always thought were Russell's doing, but never anything to tie him to the crimes. After their teen years, Russell moved to Lincoln, Illinois to attend Lincoln College, where his string of theft continued in his dorm and in local stores. Russell's dorm mate, dad said they were roommates, but I can't find any articles confirming this, Michael Mansfield, was set to testify against Russell, who was stealing in dorm rooms, and six days before the court appearance on New Year's Eve of 1975, Michael went missing. Months later, Russell was caught by a manager at Kroger trying to steal steaks. Kroger manager Jay Fry was set to be a witness for the prosecution at trial, as well as Ruth Martin, who was sitting in her car in the Kroger parking lot when Russell ran out of the store being chased by employees and threw the steaks under her car. Russell decided he wasn't going down for theft and chose murder instead. He killed Kroger manager Jay Fry and Mr. Fry's pregnant wife, Robin, with a shotgun. Days later, Ruth Martin went missing. After Miss Martin went missing, Russell drove back to Joliet and allegedly gifted my dad with a shotgun. According to dad, he got a weird vibe from Russell that day and knew something was off and quickly got rid of the shotgun by giving it to another friend. Ah, uh, the 70s, face palm. Jay Fry's sister saw Russell leave the Fry's home and was able to identify him when he showed up in court on a traffic charge. Russell was arrested and charged with the murders of Jay and Robin Fry and sentenced to 300 years in prison. Russell died in prison in 2011. On his deathbed, he confessed to the murders of doormate Michael Mansfield and Ruth Martin, but their bodies have never been found. The authorities even brought him back to Lincoln, to the area where he said he buried Ruth Martin. But it was dark at the time, and the landscape had changed so much, he couldn't pinpoint where, only that it was under I-55 somewhere. After finishing this story, I'm staring at my dad with a what-the-fuck expression. The next thing that came out of my mouth was, Dad, how did you turn out as normal as you are? Dad, who was raised by some incredibly staunch Irish Catholics, just shrugged and said, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. We had the best drugs, music, and cars. Thanks so much for taking some time to read this story. My dad is super cool and a chill dude, and I'm still flabbergasted he would be friends with someone like Russell Schmerker. Keep it creepy. It's such a... It's, I mean, it's always something so, it seems so, I can't even think of the right word, like frivolous. And that's what the, one of the headlines of the story said, killed over three stakes. It's something yeah. so sad, so frivolous. So he probably would have gotten, you know, probation, maybe a couple of months in jail, as opposed to taking not only three lives of the witness, Ruth Martin, Jay Fry, the manager and his wife. It said at the time of his arrest, he was also plotting the murders of the manager, of another manager of the store, because I guess Jay Fry was the produce manager, so I guess the general manager of the store, as well as Jay Fry's sister. 
I mean, oh, he just—he was ready to go on a rampage yeah. over something so small. And Robin was pregnant at the time too. So yep. depending on how far along she was, that's another life. It's super sad, and like you said, just like pointless. Uh, it's just the whole thing is. Who would have? They wouldn't have known chasing somebody out over stakes that the next thing they were gonna, you know, they were gonna be killed. And how would his dad know that? Someone that they were just like, oh, yeah, he steals stuff from stores occasionally, was capable of such heinous crimes. Yeah, and Ruth Martin just sitting there seeing something and going, oh, yeah, I saw something. You know, I'll come testify. I'll be helpful. And not knowing that somebody that did something small like steal steaks was capable of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's horrifying. It, it is always fun when your dad or mom or somebody in your family just casually is like, Oh, yeah. Like that time that I was friends with that serial killer. And you're just like, what? What? Yes. I have never heard this story before. Dropping knowledge on you. That's mm-hmm. parents, man. They're an entire ocean onto themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, this next one, I had to include, if only for the subject line, because of all the entries we've received thus far, this subject line, I had I couldn't put my head I couldn't wrap my head around it until I finally read what what was going on. <laughs> so this is from Aaron and it is woke up to strangers sleeping next to roommates live in coffin. Hi ladies, first off, love you both and you have brought me so much needed relief during the loss of my pregnancies and for that I am forever grateful. So, let's get into it. For this to make sense, you'll need to know some background information. When I was young and dumb and in college, I thought it would be a great idea to move in with my then-boyfriend and now-husband and his four male roommates into a two-bedroom rental. Yep, you heard that right. Five people in two bedrooms. Because of the lack of privacy for two of my roommates, one of them decided he would essentially build himself what can really only be described as a live-in coffin. It was a large wooden box that was about five feet tall and the length of the couch. We literally had the couch pushed up against it. It was his space to sleep, and he could sit up in it. Anyway, one night my boyfriend, now husband, went to his night shift as a security guard, and the rest of us all went out and got up to what rowdy college kids in Northern California do in Humboldt County. But we all went out separately and came home at different times and went to bed. My husband returned home from his night shift and was out in the living room, where the couch and the live-in coffin were. When I woke up, he asked me who the guy asleep on the sofa was, and I said I had no idea. Strange, but it could have been a friend of one of our roommates. About an hour later, the live-in coffin roommate crawled out and came to our room and asked who the dude on the couch was. We said we thought he was with him, since he was basically sleeping in his room with him, but he said no. Okay, Well, it could have still been our other roommate's guest, so we waited. Another hour or so goes by, and our last two roommates wake up. Now we're all in the living room, while this dude is still asleep on our couch. As they were walking down the hall, we asked if they knew who this was. As we turned our heads to hear their answer, this very dude jumps off the couch and screams and growls at the top of his lungs and runs out our front door. To this day, we have no idea who it was, and the live-in coffin roommate can't believe he slept with nothing but a thin piece of plywood separating them. I'd like to think this would have made us lock our doors, but I know it didn't. Peace and love, Aaron. 
just the casual nature of anyway so we lived in a coffin in the living room that's not the weird part of the story the weird part of the story is a random couch guy like the movie Half Baked my favorite part of this is living coffin guy crawled out because I remember that I realized I imagine that's what he had to do it's just like yeah. he just sits up and then crawls out I mean if you have a two bedroom apartment and there's five people there you want some privacy I guess it's innovative you, you make yourself a little shed. That's true. It's like the Nathan for You hotel sex box where they they made the box that the kids could go in. It was soundproof right. in a hotel room so the parents could have sex. Yes. And they had this huge orgy on the outside with a little kid on the inside. And he couldn't hear or see anything. And they're like, we had to make sure it really worked. And so... <laughs> Honestly, it sounds like Coffin Guy was just, he was an innovator. And Mm -hmm. thankfully, that plywood held, and we did not have a coffin flop situation. Right. You flop out, and there's some guy on the couch. I guess it's someone that you just, that comes back from the bar with you. There's so many people coming and going, and everybody's been drinking. You don't really pay attention. And the screaming and growling, that I can't explain. Is it a bit? (laughs) Who knows? Is he a werewolf? Is he a werewolf? Maybe. I don't know. But (laughs) it seemed cool. He was howling at the moon. He asked for a ride. Maybe it was. Was it a full moon? Perhaps he was about to turn. He was like. In that case, who do you want around? A vampire. Boom. There you (laughs) go. All my friends. You're like, I'm a werewolf. Where do you sleep? In a coffin? Okay. Okay. It's a monster mouse situation. That's why he was on the couch. He was like, I feel a connection to this one. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, this next one is from Bella, and the subject line is Astral Plane Flesh Pedestrians. Hey, ladies. Love the podcast and y'all's sensitivity and empathy toward paranormal encounters and true crime. I lived in a small city in the Hudson Valley area of New York for a year after I decided to take a break from college. A couple months ago, after getting out of an abusive relationship, I decided to start my healing journey and move back out to the country. It's a very small town, about 20 minutes outside of the city, where I'm pretty sure the population of cows is greater than people. Anyway, I moved into a small apartment on the first floor of a house built sometime in the late 1800s on about 10 acres of land. It's really beautiful and idyllic. There's a cow farm across the creek and past the tree line. There's a beautifully maintained garden where, apparently, the original owners are buried somewhere near. But that's not something I want to explore. I got lucky with my upstairs neighbors, a kind elder of the Mohegan tribe, Miles, and his son. They quickly made me feel safe and welcome on the property. This is something I've really come to appreciate as a single 22-year-old moving to a new, unfamiliar town. 
I noticed an eclectic array of tokens and mirrors arranged around the property. Mirrors facing away from the house, giant stuffed animals in the tree lines, and fake snakes placed around the creek. I chalked it up to some spiritual practices my neighbors may have, and it always added charm to the property. Now, I've always had vivid dreams. I've always been able to lucid dream, and I often have recurring dreams where a storyline progresses each night until the dream is complete. When I moved in here, the first couple of weeks were spent adjusting to the harmonious sounds of crickets and cicadas, cows and foxes. I began having incredibly vivid dreams, or nightmares, each night. In the mornings on my way to work, I'd catch Miles outside and share my dreams with them. In my dreams, I would be in my apartment playing with my cats, writing, making art, or doing housework. I would have some reason to leave, but when I would try to leave, I would hear things clawing at my doors and windows. The exterior wall of my apartment is almost all windows looking out over the creek and forest. Over about a week or so, my dreams intensified. They began to take shape and feel so real that I didn't know I was dreaming. Each night, the visibility through my windows would increase until I was faced with five or six flesh pedestrians crawling, whispering my name, and trying to get in. I would panic, try to hide my two small cats, and secure my windows and doors. Something in my dreams would stop me from making noise, as if my own noise would be an invitation to these shape-shifting creatures. It felt so real that I would try to get home before sunset or have somebody come home with me to feel safe. The morning after my last flesh pedestrian dream, I described them to Miles. I tried to avoid saying what they were as much as I could, but as soon as I described it to him, all the color drained from his face. His mouth fell open and his eyes widened. He walked closer to me, quietly, saying, Have you noticed all the mirrors around here? Yeah, I said. That's why I put them up. I had a similar experience when we moved in. I didn't know what to say to him. Miles continued, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Thanks for telling me. I thanked him and was off to work. That night, the dream stopped. A couple of days later, I walked around the back of my apartment. Miles had put up two more mirrors on the outside of my place, facing the creek and the tree line. Since then, I haven't had any more nightmares or any more astral encounters with the flesh pedestrians. Sidebar, I grew up in a very spiritual household. My mom was raised with some concoction of Catholicism and brujeria. She always had a big mirror and a cross facing the door. She would tell me that mirrors ward off demons and negative energy and trap anything trying to get in. This is a practice I've carried into my adulthood. I have no doubt the mirrors around my home now keep these negative energies at bay. Thanks for reading and thanks for all you do. I can't wait to catch a live show the next time y'all come to New York. Keep it creepy. She sent in some pictures of the uh, what what she sees looking out her windows. There were no flesh pedestrians, but there were. It was gorgeous scenery. The trees, just all fall colors. It's like living in a beautiful forest. But I imagine if um, out those windows you're seeing horrible creatures trying to claw their way in to get you and your animals, it's not so tranquil. Yeah, the, suddenly you're that's exactly the type of dream you're having where you're like, oh, I'm dreaming. I have the most beautiful view. And then things start trying to claw their mm -hmm. way in very quickly turns into a nightmare. Very fascinating about having recurring dreams where the storyline progresses mm -hmm. each night. That is a fa the mind is a fantastic place. Isn't it, though? Yeah. And, and 
I'm glad that your neighbor knew what to do. And not only that, but seems like he had also had experiences and was already prepared. So that also makes you feel good. You're like, I'm not making this up because this happened to someone else and they clearly took precautions to try and prevent it from happening again. Well, and I think that's you're right. There's power in sharing your experience and stories. And you shared with Miles. He shared with you. And now you're sharing with other people. Mm-hmm. So this may help somebody who who has that type of dreams and possibly putting mirrors or looking into some practices that could help that might mm-hmm. might help them get some rest. So thank you very much, Bella, for sending that in. The next one we have is from Courtney. The subject line is, I didn't know the P in CPS stood for paranormal. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, ladies. I'll skip the I love the show speeches and go directly to my two stories. I've worked in child protective services for almost four years in two different states, and I have a story from each state. In the first state, I worked with families in a non-court setting, meaning we wanted to help parents and caregivers address their shit before the court system had to get involved and more children enter the foster care system. This family had the following people, mom, dad, child, aunt and uncle, and mom's support worker, another professional working with the family. I was assigned to work with this family in January of 2021 because the child had missed a lot of school and mom had issues with her mental health and drug use. When I was first given this family's case, the first worker that was assigned to the family reported that the child had dad's urn in his possession. I was like, kind of weird, but everyone grieves differently. The child was placed with the aunt and uncle, so then he wasn't unhoused with his mom, and that is where I first met the child. I said the usual hellos and briefly explained my job to the aunt and uncle, then asked to meet the child who was upstairs in his room. When I entered the room, the child was playing with toys, and I began to ask him about his day at school. He was distracted with the toys because he's seven and no one wants to talk to social workers in general on the first visit. I asked him to put down his toys and come sit on the end of his bed to talk to me. He put his toys down and said that his dad would be joining us. Me, being the person not to think anything of this because I believe in ghosts slash spirits, I said okay. Then I turned around and he reached in his bed for something. I asked if he was bringing a stuffed animal. Y'all, this kid pulls back the covers of his bed and tucked into the top of his bed is his dad's urn. My face said nothing. My mind was screaming, what in the motherfuck am I looking at right now? I watched this kid struggle to pick up this urn, walk it to the end of the bed. He sat at the left corner while I sat at the right corner of the bed. Dad's urn was directly in the middle of us. As soon as that urn was set down, I immediately felt like I was going to throw up and I felt super hot. 
I rushed the end of the visit and left the home. It was a few days later when I was on the phone with mom's support worker that I tell her the story of my visit with the son and my experience with dad's urn. The worker got quiet on the phone and asked me if I was told how the father died, to which I answered no. The worker then told me that in late 2019, the father was battling cancer. They thought he was in remission by early 2021. In August 2021, the father was in a severe car accident where the steering wheel had gone into the dad's stomach. When the dad was examined in the ER, the family found out that the father's cancer was back, and to make shit worse, it had been located in the stomach, and the impact of the accident had caused pieces of the tumor to break off and metastatically spread to the rest of his body. Dad's health rapidly declined to where mom had to make the gut-wrenching choice to put the dad in hospice care. The dad died three days after being put in hospice. I think I was feeling the sickness in dad's last days, and that still creeps me out and makes me feel sad for this family to this day. I ended up leaving my job before the family's case closed out, so I truly hope mom got her shit together and both mom and child are getting the mental health help they need to process dad's death. My second story happened in the state I'm working in right now. I work with court-involved families, meaning children are in foster care, and I'm trying to help parents and caregivers better themselves so their children can be reunified with them. In this state I'm working in, I have to occasionally place children with family members that live on a Native American reservation. My work strongly encourages us to use the buddy system with traveling to and from the reservation, especially if you are returning late. My coworker and I buddied up to make a whole day of seeing all of our respective children placed in the various towns on the reservation. And when we left the reservation to return to the office, it was dark. We were about an hour from being back out at the office, and it was pitch black with the headlights of our SUV as the only source of light for miles in all directions. Then we saw what we thought were super bright headlights that came out of nowhere, like they were driving in the same lane ahead of us by one or two miles. As we would get closer to the lights, the lights would disappear. My coworker, who grew up on the reservation, didn't think anything of it, and I reasoned that I was super tired and my blood sugar was running low from not eating in a while. Except that was not the case, because the same thing happened about two more times, and now we are both getting creeped out. On the fourth time, my coworker and I were freaking out and we just wanted to get the fuck off the road. Her comment was, I would rather have it be aliens than a ghost car. I looked at her and said, Fuck you, I'd rather have the ghost car than aliens. I truly think there was something alien related, but we noped the fuck out there and have tried not to make any more trips to the reservation in the dark so then we can avoid aliens, ghost cars, or not deer. It's been a year since that happened, and this story has been shared a few times around the office, with some people being skeptical and some believing our experience. Thank you for reading my story, and shout out to all the social workers out there trying to make a difference in the lives of children and their families. Keep it creepy, Courtney. Well, first of all, it's very sad that this kid sleeps with uh, his dad's urn in the bed, and I hope he's in therapy and getting the help he needs for multiple reasons. I was like, there's got to be something for a kid that's like a teddy bear, and if you want to incorporate the ashes somehow, that's more appropriate. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's any more or less appropriate than an urn with ashes in it. True. Uh, But... You know, I'm not a child psychologist, so that's for someone else to uh, figure out. I will say I spent a lot of time today thinking about would I rather come upon a ghost car or aliens, and I've come to my decision. 
aliens. Damn, I was going to say ghost car. My reasoning is I'm going to find out a lot more from aliens that can help not only me, but probably science and others. Uh, Because to me, aliens are going to be the more interesting choice. Because I don't know what ghost this is. This could be any ghost. But aliens, I've never met. I mean, I've never met a ghost either. But aliens, I feel like they they send down a spokesperson for you. I guess you know? that's true. They want they're there because they want to be there. Yeah, the I ghost could be from from anybody. I don't I, you know it might not be a ghost for me. I was trying to think what would be less of a hassle. I figured a ghost car would just go right through. You could keep driving and going home. But you're right for curiosity purpose interacting with the extraterrestrial and being like, so what are you here for? What's mm-hmm. what's going down? Can I go up to the ship with you? That would be a more interesting encounter. If you're going like had a long day, I'd like to just go home. Ghost car <laughs> I can just like whoosh through with you. This. <laughs> Then I think go ghost. But if you're like, fuck it, let's see what this is about. Then you go aliens. I'm in for a new adventure. Yeah, we got to (laughs) pick. Hopefully it's an alien car. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Courtney, not only for sending that in, but for all the work you do. It's so hard working in that system and working one-to-one directly with families Mm -hmm. and youth. So thank you very much for all that you do. And all, like you said, shout out to all the social workers out there. Definitely, Y'all are doing somebody's work. The Lord's, whatever, the universes, you're doing the great work. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Taken care. Well, we appreciate you. And this last one is from Jess. And the subject line is, my mom's doppelganger. Hi, all. I have a short, semi-creepy story from my early childhood. I was six or seven at the time, but I stand by everything that happened. My mom and I lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and I got to sleep in the bedroom. Thanks, mom. I had a tiny TV facing my bed and would usually sleep with the door open because I was scared of the dark. With my bedroom door open, I could see down the short hallway and straight to the bathroom door. One early morning, probably midnight or 1 a.m., I wake up due to a bad dream and immediately turn on my TV for comfort. It's probably either Brandy and Mr. Whiskers or the George Lopez show on. As I'm calming myself down from the scary dream, I hear my mom get up from her recliner. I know I'll get in trouble if she finds out I'm awake at this hour, so I quickly turn off my TV and just face the hallway and wait to see what she does. I see my mom look towards my room and then walk into the bathroom. She turns the light on and shuts the door. I was relieved I wasn't caught because I had one of those old TVs that took a while to turn all the way off. As I'm waiting for her to finish, I could hear someone cough in my living room. I was immediately intrigued. Could it be my dad? He would usually wake me up no matter the hour to say hi, so I felt like it wasn't him. I waited in anticipation for my mom to leave the bathroom so I could ask who it was. I heard the person in the living room begin to walk toward the hallway, and I suddenly felt uneasy. Lo and behold, my mom sleepily enters the hallway and turns toward the bathroom. I feel instant fear and know that whoever is currently in the bathroom isn't my mom. I call out to her in a panic, and she turns to me with her eyes barely open, asking why I'm awake. I tell her someone was in the bathroom and began to cry. As I'm telling her this, I see the bathroom light turn off from behind the closed door. 
I had had enough. I'd jump out of bed and tell her not to go into the bathroom because something bad is in there. She said that I was dreaming. I wasn't. And that I needed to let her go to the bathroom. I agree, but only if we open the door together and check behind the shower curtain. We both cleared the tiny space and there was no sign of anyone in there. I know what I saw and I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. Thank God for George Lopez marathons. Somebody needs to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I, I like all of it up until I'm like, okay, they probably were just like dreaming or they thought they saw something, but the light turning off, you know, you can see that light in the crack of the door at the bottom and then it just goes dark. Don't like that. Oh, that's a, that's the punch in the face where you're like, oh, it's real. Oh, God, what I saw was yeah. real. Well, we, we've had a doppelganger before, and I think it was someone was talking about in a Freaky Friday that she she could, she saw her brother walk past her on the stairs mm-hmm. and then looked out the window and saw her brother down there. And that's just, there's got to be something with energy. I met a person in Austin this past weekend that was like a quantum physicist and started talking about quarks and quantum mechanics and stuff. And I'm like, can you explain to me ghosts? doppelgangers i have a lot of questions because <laughs> there's <laughs> got to be some type of energy explanation for something like does she did you have to pee so bad in the night that you astral projected yourself to the Whoa. bathroom they're like you're about to have an accident i'm gonna take care of this for you <laughs> and they go do it for you wow that's a cool trick if that's what happened it'd be great because we were just talking you and i were just talking about that like having to go to the bathroom at night and not want to get up mm-hmm. you're like i don't want to have to like i'm all cozy everything's perfect oh it's terrible if you could just you stay in bed and then mm-hmm. you're the your energy essence could go pee and there's nothing there's no Love mess that. situation it would be so your mother is a genius your yeah. mother has invented it's great i'm gonna teach ella how to do it and simon too <laughs> we're all gonna have to do it but you're right i think the number one because we've all been that kid i used to stare at my bedroom door and worry that down the hallway i was gonna see the leprechaun <laughs> <laughs> did he ever show up never not that i i mean you know you think you see it though as a kid right and you're like oh my gosh oh but then it was the cat or whatever mm-hmm. but never something like this where the light there's something tangible physical mm-hmm. touching our world and reality it's creepy what did the quantum physicist say when you asked if they could explain ghosts oh no i i was uh had just met him for the first time i didn't want to embarrass myself oh, so i just them. let him talk about science and then the conversation naturally you know eased into something else and uh i thought to myself if i could corner him later but he and his wife ended up leaving good for them <laughs> Good for that. I'd be curious what he would have said. If you're a quantum quantum physicist listening to this, feel free to write us and let us know how ghosts work. There you, <laughs> there you go. Uh, the subject line is going to be they don't, and <laughs> just link to a bunch of science articles. Well, these were fun. Some some were not fun at all. But um, this last one, creepy. I like the, this type. It's creepy, but also kind of fun. Yeah, it's and not silly. Like, and we've all been uh, there. The first one where, like, this guy is a literal monster that walks among us. Yeah. Horrible. Well, that's what Freaky Fridays are. They run the gamut of all sorts of freakiness. So, thank you so much to everybody that sent in your story. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you've had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. 
As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the ruling the airwaves and getting into it tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive audio content including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available, and those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. You also have the perk of voting on a live stream content that we do every month if you're in the getting into it here. And uh, just like the Q&A, we, we do a live stream of that. They're usually back to back. One, yeah. You just you take off. You make a long weekend out of it. And by that, I mean Wednesday through Sunday. <laughs> they're usually Wednesday and Thursday. But they're but always we, a ton of fun. Yeah, we think you deserve the weekend <laughs> Well, for more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com. Click on Shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner. And share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting SinisterHood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SinisterHoodPod and like us on Facebook at SinisterHood. We are also on TikTok and YouTube at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where can you be found upon the World Wide Web? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. <laughs> <laughs>